Today's guest is the head of AI at Glue, and we have a conversation not just about the good things about AI and ministry, but also some of the not-so-good things. It's all happening next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other resources for your life and ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast, episode number 408. But hey, who's counting? My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, you were telling me this morning you're feeling a little bit under the weather. Are you feeling yeah, better? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm powering through, though. So, okay. My yeah, wife says I'm a wimp. You, you've got grandkids, and I know you were babysitting grandkids. And uh, do you think yeah, that's they, where the bug came from? I don't know. My um, uh, my son and his wife just had their firstborn baby. He's now two, three weeks old now, and. My wife was over there yesterday and said that my son was sick. So maybe she brought it home. Uh-huh. So. Blame Tina for that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope you feel better. Um, so uh, before we get to today's guest, I want to remind everybody that we have done webinars this year. We've done webinars for many years, but this year we've done one a month. And we just did one yesterday. And it's, it's about repurposing your sermons. And uh, you can actually uh, get to that webinar. Uh, even if you missed it, shame on you for missing it. But if you did, that's okay. We understand. You can just go to what? Streamingchurch.tv forward slash webinar. That's correct. All right. I got the I got the URL right for a change. All right. Good deal. So check that out. We've got other webinars on there as well. Uh, we're all about helping the church and helping ministry. So we try to pr- provide resources and those kind of things uh, besides uh, streaming video. So uh let's get on to our guest today as i said this is episode number 408 and today's guest i'm going to put my glasses on because i just can't see today's guest is the head of ai at glue and that glue is spelled g-l-o-o he is a seasoned professional in faith tech ecosystems he's got a career spanning major technology companies and startups and all that good stuff he has been instrumental in building technology infrastructure for faith causes, and he holds a business degree and has his roots in computer science and design. He's very committed to leveraging technology to fulfill God's purposes. Please welcome Steel Billings to the Church Solutions Podcast. Steel, how are you today? Doing great, guys. Uh, excited to be here. Excited to be a part of the conversation today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad that you are here. So Steve's going to probably ask you a lot of questions here, but I'm going to start off by uh, by just asking you the basic bones here, uh, I mentioned glue, G L O O. First of all, what is glue? Great question. Great way to to kick things off. Uh, so, glue is a technology platform. We are based in Boulder, Colorado, and our mission is to release the collective might of the faith ecosystem, which just means we connect people, partners, content, funding and all the other things that ministry leaders need on a regular basis to help them achieve their goals and ultimately change more lives. And we can get into all the details of what that means, but we were founded by a gentleman named Scott Beck, 
uh, just about 13 years ago and have been really just building technology and kind of challenging the question of how might we use next generation technology um, to glorify God and for God's purposes. So Scott started the, the glue organization. How would he answer the question? What was he thinking? You know, why do, why do I need to create a new organization called glue and, and uh, how's it going to make an impact? Yeah, that's such a great question, uh, Steve. So Scott, to understand Scott's uh, driver behind glue, you kind of have to understand Scott's history and Scott's history is, is a fascinating one. When he was in his twenties, he walked into the first blockbuster store in Dallas and he said, Hey, this needs to be everywhere. Uh, he obtained rights to it and ultimately was the the leader behind it scaling to about 7,000 blockbuster stores. Um, he left blockbuster in his early thirties and he went and uh, acquired a company called Boston uh, chicken that then became Boston Market. He scaled that to a worldwide brand. Uh, he did the same for uh, many other organizations that you guys would know, like Einstein Bagels. Uh, he was one of the uh, beginning creators behind companies like Ancestry or Home Advisors. Uh, he's been involved in many major organizations uh, that many of us have have heard. And when you look across all of those um, those ecosystems, he would say that. The journey that God uh, put him on, by the way, uh, he's been a believer most of his life because somebody shared the four spiritual laws with him on a college campus one day. And so he's also been very passionate about campus ministry, like Campus Crusade, and uh, he's been a part of organizations like Family Life. So big faith driver, uh, but was able to look back at the life that the Lord had led him through and said, hey, there's there's some consistency here. Um, really, what we've been doing is we've been putting an infrastructure underneath an ecosystem. We've looked at uh, what it takes for things to be able to scale well. So at Blockbuster, for instance, uh, he was able to walk into um, maybe a family video store and say, this family video store is struggling. They they don't have a consistent way to, to uh, spread their message. They don't have you know, they're the proper way to use data. They don't have, uh, you know, high quality graphics and marketing and messaging. Right. And so we can fix all of that. We can put the right infrastructure underneath the ecosystem so that they can focus on creating value for the customers that they exist to serve and really focus on that core interaction of delivering maybe a video to a person. Um, so when he started glue, he was looking around the faith ecosystem and he was saying, what does the church really need in order for uh, God's people to be become all that God created them to be. And he went out on a journey of interviewing about 2000 church leaders. And ultimately what he found was the church doesn't necessarily need more technology. The church needs a connected infrastructure. The church needs um, to be able to stand upon a platform where data is being used in a way that exists to serve the congregants who are, you know, uh, maybe providing their data for very specific purposes. Um, not just to be collected in mailing list and, and other use cases that we commonly see, but to ultimately help me become all that God created me to be. Um, and so we we see the gap in the ecosystem as not necessarily lack of technology, but lack of connected technologies. And that's something that we're solving for. So with all of, I mean, there's obviously a big industry out there serving the church, right? There's several large church management systems. And so there's companies out there trying to help the church. What, how does glue work with cooperate with um, partner with 
these other organizations that are out to serve the church as well. Yeah. So um, partner is the key word there. Uh, we we do want to be a platform. There's there's different business models that we've studied over the years. There's platform business models and pipeline business models. And a platform exists to be that infrastructure rather than um, have a single value proposition that that we want to send to a specific persona like a church leader. Um, instead, we want to be the platform where church leaders maybe discover content and technologies that they should be using. So think Amazon.com, but for everything that a church leader needs to ultimately successfully do their mission, uh, that church leader needs, you know, content and resources like we see in places like Right Now Media or in um, uh, Worship House uh, or other platforms like that. They need technologies like you're seeing at ACS Technologies, who you know does church management. They do giving. Uh, they do data related technologies. You're seeing. A lot of AI technologies come online right now, and you guys have had several of these creators who are extremely talented people, you know, challenging the question of how can we use AI for God's purposes. Um, love so many of the the guests that you guys have had on your your podcast recently. You're doing a great job. The uh, so we look at all of these things and we say, man, there's a lot of burden in there for the church leader. How does how do we help a church leader? Really reduce that burden and get straight to the things that that are really going to help them move the needle. Um, so we're working on a um, a discover marketplace for church leaders to be able to come in and find all of those things that they need to do ministry effectively. Uh, we then look at the capabilities to activate those types of resources. Um, and so one of the core capabilities that we put in the Glue platform is around texting and communication. We felt like texting and communication is, you know, really the internet browser of our day. It's a highly effective way to transfer information. Well, internet browsers don't cost me any money. In fact, the ones that tried to charge in the early days, they didn't survive. And so we we feel like there's an opportunity now to um, help organizations with that type of capability in with a similar economic model. And so we, we created a texting model that is completely free for churches um, that just has a core capability to distribute the technologies, the capabilities, the content to their people. Um, and then there's other things that Glue is doing, uh, such as you know, helping churches find new people with outreach campaigns. One of the things that Blockbuster did really successfully in its days uh, was consistent marketing and messaging. And so they, and, and also this idea of aggregate advertising, where uh, uh, not one Blockbuster store had to stand alone with its own advertising dollars because it wouldn't have been able to compete in its local markets with some other major brands. Uh, but the ability for them to pull together their resources um, with the kind of the corporate marketing across 7,000 locations gave them the ability to compete with anybody. In fact, it was hard for others to compete with Blockbuster because they came together and they unified. What would it look like for the church to unify in distributing its message of love and joy and patience, right? And all the things that Jesus teaches us. So those are some of the, the fundamentals of the Glue platform, but it really does depend on those partnerships, like you mentioned. So am I... Um, I haven't heard you mention it, and I, I just assumed it. Maybe I'm wrong, but the the whole um, he gets his campaign is that associated? That is associated with Glue, right? Well, Glue Glue has partnered with the he gets his campaign. Okay. Uh, we've been partners with he gets us for for a while. Yes, absolutely. So I would assume that there that's a similar kind of I mean, the the um, the missions align with he gets us because it's not. Um, 
promoting a certain church or anything or one denomination or anything like that. It's just a, so tell us about he gets us. Yeah. Yeah, No. So he gets us is uh, the largest Jesus campaign of our time. And it is, you you know, if you're watching, um, you know, if you watch the Super Bowl this past year for the first Mm -hmm. time ever, there was a Jesus commercial in the Super Bowl. In fact, there were two of them. Um, We think that there, we think with very high likelihood, there's going to be another one next year in 2024 uh, in Vegas. We, uh, with he gets us, he gets us was launched out of data. Um, really, the 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 minds behind he gets us said, you know, we've done a lot of research and we're starting to see this this disconnect between you know how people feel about church in America specifically. You know, there's a lot of skepticism around churches and going to church, and you know what what value do I really get out of going to church? In fact, there's a, a video out there that describes all of this really well, and it's called Man on the Streets. Um, the man on the streets video goes to major cities and it starts asking questions of where do you go in times of need? And people say Google and they say their mom, they say their friends, they say a therapist. Uh, and then you start asking very pointedly, hey, what about the church? Have you ever thought about going to the church? And there's a lot of skepticism in that answer. I won't spoil the whole thing for you. But then you ask questions about Jesus. Um, how do you feel about Jesus? And the skepticism is pretty much removed. In fact, there's this warmth and I get goosebumps even talking about it. There's this warmth that people feel around the name even of Jesus. And you hear things like, you know, I Jesus was a good person. Jesus was somebody I probably would have aligned with. Jesus was somebody I agreed with. You know, I probably would have hung out with Jesus. And you see this disconnect between Jesus and his bride. And uh, the creators of he, he Gets Us said, hey, it's time for us to solve that. It's time for us to tell the world who Jesus really is. And so Jesus gets you. Jesus understands the seasons of life that you're going through. Jesus um, can can actually has some messages about these these types of things. And so that's the kind of the, the thesis a little bit of the campaign itself. Um, the bias of these types of campaigns is that they don't simply exist to maybe deliver a message, although that's the number one objective of the campaign today is just deliver a message. You know, with the He Gets Us Super Bowl commercials, you're talking about $20 million that was spent um, and there wasn't necessarily a clear call to action. It wasn't go buy this product, right? Like you saw with all the other things. Um, it was, hey, let me just tell you about this guy named Jesus. Now, there is a website that stood up. And so when you go to that website, you're going to see many things that you can do. One of them is connect to a local ministry. And so he gets us as partnered with Glue to use the Glue infrastructure to immediately be able to route somebody based on what we know about that person and what we know about a ministry nearby. Because we have this belief that we should always try to, to route somebody that can become a physical relationship to that person, such as that person maybe attending a church or going to coffee with a pastor or something like that. And um, he gets us as one of many outreach campaigns that are doing these types of things. And we just recently celebrated the passing of 250,000 people that have been routed to a local church through these types of campaigns. So it's been very successful. Um, and we we hope to see more of campaigns like that. Is so it this is primarily really- U.S.? Primarily in the U.S., yes. Okay, sorry, Phil, I interrupted you again. That's Go okay, we, we, uh, we step <laughs> on each other all the time. So this is all good. I, I love this. But but I want to hear about Steel Billings here. I want to hear about you. How did how did you get involved in faith tech? Oh, man, um, by the grace of God. Um, so I am one of uh, five kids from Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, I'm smack in the middle. I'm the middle child. We grew up at a church called Bellevue Baptist Church, and Bellevue is a it's a mega church in Memphis. Uh, it was my pastor growing up was Dr. Adrian Rogers, who 
I just saw something this morning. It's been 18 years since Adrian Rogers passed away. And um, as somebody who, you know, it, those of you listening, you, you know, it's like to have that, that pastor, you know, he was, he was your shepherd. Uh, Adrian Rogers was my shepherd. I, I was by the grace of God. I had somebody like Adrian Rogers that I could call my pastor growing up. Um, and so I just had this deep personal conviction that um, I always felt like the Lord was was saying, hey, you're going to do my work as you go. And when I turned 18, I went to one of the pastors at the church and I said, hey, I think God's calling me into ministry. And that pastor said, you know, you don't have to go into ministry to be used by God. And uh, th that perspective just radically changed my life right there that I was like, OK, to be used by God, I feel like this God's given me this calling, but I don't have to be used by God, you know, as a pastor what does that mean? And so I go through college and I just Google technology companies around me that I could go work for. Um, one of the ones that I submitted my resume for was a company called Shelby Systems. Never heard of it. Didn't know what it was. Come to find out it's the very first church management system that was ever created. It was launched in 1976 by a guy named Ernie Hamilton. And uh, they're the makers of Shelby version five. And uh, they had Shelby DOS and their large accounting software built just for churches. I'm sure many of your listeners are going, yeah, we know Shelby, man, that darn Shelby systems. Uh, it, it was uh, a love it and hate it type of system because it did everything under the sun, right? Which is a good thing, but also it did everything under the sun. So it was a bad thing. Uh, so I got to work for, for Shelby systems. Uh, a few years into that, we were acquired by a company called Ministry Brands and Ministry Brands uh, ended up, we, I joined the, the post-merge team where we were thinking about how, you know, a new company that we acquired, which was all faith technologies, you know, could start to use some common sales strategies or marketing strategies or how, you know, their, their technology could integrate with our technology and, you know, be, be better for the, for the ecosystem of users. Uh, we ended up acquiring about 36 faith technologies over the next 18 months or so and uh, really rolled them into a platform that Ministry Brands uh, is still out serving churches with today. Uh, and then just throughout the years, uh, got introduced to a guy named Scott Beck, actually through uh, Brad Hill, who was the former CEO of Ministry Brands. And uh, uh, Brad and I made our way over to Glue. Uh, I'll celebrate five years this coming month, actually, in the next 30 days. So, so you're the, at Glue, you're the head of AI, right? I am. And you yeah. guys, we, <clears throat> y'all, you guys just had a big event recently. What was that? Yeah, we did. So, um, so we, just a little history on that as well. We just had the AI in the church hackathon, which was um, just a blast. Uh, I know you guys have had some of, some of the participants that came and joined us at that event. Uh, you guys have had them on your show. We, uh, we were looking around the ecosystem. So glue's been in, uh, big data, machine learning, uh, data modeling for probably the last five or six years we've been doing that. And so you, when you when you're doing those types of things, you know we were in 2018, we were wrestling with the questions of, you know, how can we use this type of technology to glorify God? We we're watching Target do it. We're watching Amazon or American Express use data modeling and big data to predict when a divorce might happen. And American Express got to the point where they could predict divorce you know, two years before it happened with an 80% success rate. Um, and they were using it to determine credit limits on, on uh, families. Uh, Target was using it to market to, you know, um, pregnant 16 year olds who, whose parents didn't know they were pregnant, right? There's all these big stories and headlines that were hitting around uh, using big data. 
And we were asking the question of how could we use this to help churches on their mission? How could we use this to help people grow closer to God? And so that was back in 2018. Um, fast forward to 2023, we started seeing artificial, that was artificial intelligence, by the way. I mean, those were the the earlier versions of, of AI, if you will. Um, 2023, all of a sudden, generative AI hits the scene. And we started seeing church leaders um, not necessarily asking those questions and just, you know, thinking about how we're going to use AI in, in our world. And we're going, well, we know that this type of powerful technology can be a good thing but it can also be a bad thing. And so we felt like it was a really important moment um, to just kind of pause things and start to have thoughtful conversations and start to convene partners who were challenging uh, these same questions of what are the right ways to do it? What are the wrong ways to use artificial intelligence? Um, so we launched an initiative earlier this year called the AI and the Church Initiative. Uh, it has several aspects to it. One of the things we knew we wanted to do with that initiative was a hackathon because we wanted to uh, accelerate the ability for church leaders to use artificial intelligence and have powerful capabilities that that they um, could use to, to really see an impact in the regular task that they did. Um, so AI in the Church Hackathon was an outcome of that. Um, ended up having about uh, 250 people with us in Boulder that made up about 41 teams. And uh, yeah, it was a blast. Right. Uh, let me jump in and ask a, a, something that you mentioned here. So I'm, you know, we're, we have pastors listening to this podcast and, you know, we, we hear a lot of defense of AI, you know, the good things that AI can do for your ministry. And, but, but you mentioned there could be some wrong things. So I want to hear that side of it. If I'm a pastor and I'm a, I've got a, a staff of three or four people, maybe not even that many people, what could possibly be the wrong things about AI for ministry? Yeah. Well, just because you asked, um, I I definitely have a lot to say on that. Uh, before I do, I'll, just for your audience, I'll say, you know, Glue's, Glue's stance on artificial intelligence is um, really simple. It's that we don't believe that God is surprised by artificial intelligence. We believe that God has a purpose for artificial intelligence, just like God had a purpose for the printing press. God had a purpose for the internet. God has a purpose for artificial intelligence. Um, it is our moral imperative to pursue God's purposes for these technologies and not stand by idly and watch the world benefit from them or maybe accelerate the evil use cases of it. Um, but because you asked, there are evil uses of artificial intelligence and there are there's more general evil uses of it and negative potential for it. Uh, and then there's very specific ne negative potential within the church. Um, one of the quotes that came out of the hackathon, at, at the very beginning of the hackathon, um, Steve, you were there, you know, the um, there was a working group that began at the very beginning or, or it kicked off the hackathon rather. And it was just a gathering of theologians, legal and privacy experts, um, AI experts. And we got into a room and we said, hey, if we could kick off this hackathon with a set of standards or principles or guiding lights for all of these technologists who are about to come into Boulder and build something really cool, um, what would you say to them? And so we spent four hours just asking those questions. One of the quotes that came out of that that um, will just kind of sticks with me daily is uh, she said that the threat with artificial intelligence is that it will accelerate our greatest sin, which is selfishness. And so when you think about AI, if you are using artificial intelligence to potentially accelerate your greatest sin, um, which might be 
you know, I'm I'm pursuing AI simply because I want to save on the amount of time that I typically spend preparing my message. We don't necessarily agree that that is an ethical or moral approach to it from a Christian perspective. Um, if I am using artificial intelligence maybe to uh, save money so that I can use it for missional reasons, great. Totally. That's a great reason. That's stewardship. If I'm using it, though, to save money and I end up maybe using that money on things that maybe don't glorify God, that may not be the best way to be using and thinking about artificial intelligence. Um, you know, one of the uh, did a podcast a few months ago with a professor from Biola, and the professor said uh, we, we were having a conversation around this question of can I trust AI in a from a church leader's perspective? Can you trust it? He said, well, when you when you ask that question of can you trust AI, you really have to go back to what do you mean? Well, what you really mean when you're asking that is can you trust the corporations behind the large language models um, that these AI technologies are built on top of, which uh, I know you've had um, a few people on your podcast talking about open AI. And so I assume your your listeners know generally what open AI is. Uh, OpenAI being the, essentially the largest company out there today, or at least the most successful of accelerating AI capabilities. Um, their chat GPT product, obviously the most popular. Um, OpenAI today, if I go ask it questions about um, you know scripture, I generally get pretty good responses today. I don't necessarily have to worry about trust with OpenAI and how they're going to respond to questions about faith unless you start thinking about the edge use cases and the edge use cases, you do start to um, see some concerns. Um, you also see some concerns if you ask it in other languages. So here in the United States where we speak mostly English, we don't have to worry about it as much. When you start thinking about minority languages though, and they're asking questions to ChatGPT about biblical literacy, um, we are not seeing the same levels of truth in those responses as you see in English. And so that's an edge use case where you do need to be concerned about it. Um, there are it, so that's what we mean when we say, "Can you trust AI?" And then there's this other element of artificial intelligence that everybody's wondering: Are, are we going to see Terminator? You know, is this the Matrix? Is this the beginning of the end? Uh, one, the cool thing is, as Christians, we know how the book ends, right? So we don't necessarily have to worry about that. But I don't know who said the quote, but I did not say it. Uh, but somebody said, "Just because we know what the end of Revelation says, does not mean." that artificial intelligence can't dramatically disrupt humanity between now and then, um, which I, I think I agree with. There is this idea of this thing called singularity. And um, the professor at Biola, Moretta Gouda, talked about the fact that there are organizations and potentially terrorist groups who are doing nothing but pursuing this idea of singularity in the world today. And um, that's an act of evil. And the way that you offset acts of evil is with good. And so, uh, again, just more emphasis on why we are pursuing the good ways that we can use artificial intelligence to glorify God's purposes. So, so tell me more about singularity. What So singularity is, is the moment in time where um, we will go too far. And now machines will be um, ultimately putting us on a, on a path of ending humanity and um, we won't be able to turn it around. That moment of singularity, people believe is a real event in the future, obviously hasn't happened yet, um, but there are organizations who exist to do nothing but get us to singularity. There's multiple eras of artificial intelligence. Um, the era that um, we are in now is the, an era that essentially just says artificial intelligence can only do what we ask it to do and it does very specific tasks. Um, then you go into eras of 
um, general artificial intelligence or AGI. The mission statement, I don't know that it's the official mission statement of OpenAI, but they say it very publicly. OpenAI says, hey, we are we are actively pursuing AGI. That's that's our goal. When you get to AGI, artificial intelligence starts to do things that you don't necessarily ask it to do. Uh, and then the singularity event happens when we get to an era called super AI. Um, and that is ultimately things have gone too far. Machines are exponentially smarter than humans and, and all that. So we're on the other side of this hackathon. How had, how what transpired at the hackathon has changed or uh, modified your expectations or what has the impact of that hackathon been on your vision for, for AI? Um, you know, at the hackathon, the just so we had some partners from um, that helped NASA put on their hackathons the, that were kind of with us. Uh, it's a group called Quite Uncommon. They work with NASA. They work with many other organizations and they do um, just very high quality hackathons. Uh, they they made a, a statement that this hackathon just felt different um, than than many of the other. They've been a part of thousands. And, uh, you know, I asked them why. And they just said, look at all of the people here that are pursuing the most positive ways to use some of the most powerful technologies. Um, and when you think about that and you go, man, who gathered in Boulder, Colorado, they're thinking about, you know, you had Joe um, from Pastors AI on your podcast and he's talking mm-hmm. about how we can use artificial intelligence to help people get answers to their questions, you know, from people that they know and trust, like their pastors, um, you know, uh, Nils from uh, Bible mate, helping people get questions to answers, you know, and have conversations with characters like Peter from the Bible. Um, these were examples of some of the teams that were there and they're asking questions of how do we go to the next level? Uh, so, you know, just the the hackathon itself and the 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 act of all those minds coming together was really enlightening. It was exciting. It was encouraging. And I can say the faith ecosystem, you know, it, it's in good hands. There's a lot of next generation leaders rising up saying, hey, we're going to challenge status quo. We're really going to challenge the way that churches have been conducting tasks over the last few decades. And we're going to say, how can we do it differently in the future? How can we save time? How can we save money? Yes. But ultimately, how can we deepen relationships between man and God using things like artificial intelligence? So encouraging overall. But the thing that I took away that was most powerful was um, the working group and the working group coming together to say, you know, what are the standards and the guiding lights for people building technology using AI, but also people using the technology of AI? And, you know, how can we start to, you know, create a seal of approval, if you will, and that's something that we're working on. It's something called the Trust Council that came out of the hackathon. Um, and the Trust Council is working on a seal of approval that churches can go look for that seal of approval on the technologies or content that they're consuming and say, okay, I know that these guys are adhering to these principles who you know are a collection of people, uh, names, minds, organizations that I trust. Okay. So we're running out of time here. Uh, by, by the way, I'm assuming there's another hackathon coming up in 2024. Uh, yet to be determined, but there's a lot of energy pushing us that way. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Good deal. I got one quick question here. Maybe it's not quick, but the church has traditionally been a laggard when it comes to technology. What um, what's glue? What's your view on that to um, to tr- to try and change that? Or what's your you know, what's your vision of that? Yeah. Uh, well, the church has traditionally been a laggard. In fact, we we 
typically see the church lagging 10 years behind the technology curve, uh, which means that, you know, the most practical example of that was mobile apps and iOS apps were launched in 2008 with the launch of the iPhone. 2018 is where you you saw the the mass uh, group of churches start to use apps and think about apps. And then by 2019, apps were like a thing of the past and most people were going, maybe we don't need an app, right? And so there's, there's a lot of um, pain that comes with being a laggard. The, the reason why we believe AI presents this new opportunity to not just be a part of the conversation, we have a whole statement. If you go to glue.us slash AI, you can read our whole statement on artificial intelligence. Um, in that statement, it's we, we say things like, we don't believe that the opportunity is simply to be a part of the conversation, but it's to play a leading role in the conversation around artificial intelligence. And Reason, the reason that we we do that is because even when the internet was created or the printing press was created, you had a lot of people in the church going, "Oh, this is of the the devil. This is this is evil." You know, anybody that uses this obviously does not love God. There's actually quotes out there um, that of you know well known people saying things like that at the dawn of those technologies. Artificial intelligence isn't different from that perspective, but the difference in AI is that when those things came online there weren't a whole lot of conversations about the end of humanity because of those technologies. Now, artificial intelligence challenges this, the, the most basic things of what does it mean to be human? You have a whole school of people who go, um, hey, AI is going to lead to this post-humanism reality where intelligence doesn't actually be, uh, is, is no longer constrained to a human brain. Intelligence is can be um, you know, wielded by a machine. And so therefore humans are no longer necessary for intelligence to remain intact. That's this idea of post-humanism. Um, we believe that God has something to say about that and that we as Christians have a moral imperative um, to really lead the way or guide the way in terms of the most positive ways that artificial intelligence can be used. Um, so that's why we think it's really important for churches to not play a lagging role in this technology, but instead to pursue ways to lead. And the most practical way, I'll finish with this, the most practical way that we could be doing this is to be thinking about how God has already gone before us. Um, that again, God not being surprised by AI likely has people who love God working at companies like OpenAI or Google or any of these large companies who are on the, the front end of building these things. And so, you know, our our um, pursuit right now is to pray for those people, to pray that they would be emboldened to live out their faith in the way that they write things and build technology. Um, and so us as church leaders can be emboldened to encourage brothers and sisters in Christ to live out their convictions and to build powerful technologies that glorify God. Right. Awesome. Steel Billings uh, has been our guest today. He's the head of AI for Glue. Now, uh, here's my quick question. I'm sure it will be quick. Scott Beck, the guy who founded Glue, uh, I assume this guy's a billionaire. And if so, can you give me his phone number? Because I'd like to get to know him a little bit. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make that happen. All right. All right. Well, we appreciate you, Steele. Thanks for being with us today. And look, how can people get a hold of you or communicate with you? I mean, LinkedIn, uh, what, what would be a good avenue if somebody, you know, uh, wanted to ask you a question, maybe? Sure. Yeah. Welcome that anytime. Uh, feel free to send me an email, uh, sbillings at glue.us. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can check out our website, glue.us uh, forward slash AI. If you are interested, particularly in the AI in the church initiative, there's many ways to be a part of that. Uh, but uh, extremely grateful for the time, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, We're uh, very grateful for your time as well. Maybe we'll have you on again sometime 
uh, when the end of the world is coming or something. I don't know. Uh, all <laughs> right. Uh, all kidding aside, we do appreciate you, Steele. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, folks, for spending a little bit of time with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, please subscribe if you can and give us a rating. Let us know what your thoughts are on some of these things. We always love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us as well at streamingchurch.tv. So I'm Phil Thompson on behalf of Steele here, as well as Mr. Steve Lacey. Please take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll catch you again on another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast.